Grace and peace to you this morning from God, our Heavenly Father, through His Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a special joy for me to be with you here at Zion this morning once again. I appreciate Pastor Scott inviting me to speak today. As you know, for the last few months, I've been serving the vacancy at St. Peter and St. Paul, where we had our Thanksgiving Eve service last evening. Um, Incidentally, they have um, issued a call to a pastor, Pastor David Kneffelkamp, who accepted their call, and he will be coming in early January to begin serving as their pastor. And we're all very thankful for that. We have many things to be thankful for. I certainly do. Today I'd like to um, call attention especially to our Old Testament reading from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, which was read a few moments ago, where Moses, um, God through Moses, is speaking to the Israelites and calling them to remember, remember, and give thanks. How's your memory? I like the story of three elderly gentlemen who were enjoying conversation over lunch one day. The first one said, sometimes I drive to the store and once I get there, I forgot what I went there for. The second gentleman said, yes, I know just what you mean. I sometimes get up and go to the refrigerator, open the door, and I can't remember what I was going to get. The third gentleman said somewhat proudly while knocking on wood, I don't recall any problems with my memory. Oh, is someone at the door? How good's your memory? Have you ever done something special for a friend only to find out later on that they don't even remember what you did for them? Or has someone made your day by remembering to thank you for something you did? Once again today we celebrate Thanksgiving Day, a day our nation set aside to remember, to remember to give thanks, to give thanks to God. In our Old Testament reading from Deuteronomy, God is helping his people remember what he has done for them in the past, what he is doing for them in the present, and what he promises to do for them and for us in the future. When we pause to remember, we realize how many reasons we have to be thankful. And I'd like you to remember three things today. First of all, look back and remember where you've been. In our text, Moses is speaking to the people of Israel, our spiritual forefathers. The Lord God had freed them from slavery in Egypt. Forty years later, the next generation was about to enter the promised land, where they would then settle and live and raise their families. Moses says to them, remember how these last 40 years the Lord has led you and cared for you. He protected you from heat and cold. He provided you with water fed you with manna and even meat. It wasn't luxurious living, but he brought you safely through years in the wilderness. Those were difficult times, times of trial and hardship. You murmured and complained, but the Lord did not forget about you, even though at times you may have felt like he did. All these things happened so that you might be humbled, made stronger and blessed, Moses said. When the Israelites stopped to think about all of this and remembered how God had been so good and powerfully active to them throughout their history, they were moved to give thanks to the Lord. Their remembering with thanksgiving would then turn into faithful living. How about us? As God's people gathered here today, we have so much to be thankful for, especially when and where we live in these United States of America 
President George Washington, in his first National Thanksgiving proclamation in 1789, said this, Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly implore His protection, aid, and favors, Therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November, to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country and for all the great and various favors which he has been pleased to confer upon us. So spoke Washington. Apparently our founding fathers and the Constitution framers had different ideas about the separation of church and state, that those today want to remove all references to God from our public schools, from our coins, and even from our Pledge of Allegiance. When we look back at the history of our nation and of our church, this congregation having been here well over a hundred years now, we find both good times and hard times. There were times when we've been humbled, faced challenges, sorrows, disappointments, perhaps even times when we were tempted to throw up our hands and quit. But as we continued to work together under God, we saw that God was with us, even in our troubles. As we sit here in this place today and remember, our response is to give thanks and praise the Lord. We also can look back in our own personal lives. When we stop and think, we can remember many times when we've been sick and been healed or discouraged, or maybe times when we felt like nobody cared or things were going to end for us. Time and again, God has been with us, working often through other people to help us, to heal us, to provide for us, to protect us to encourage us. It's easy for us to go through our lives forgetting to look back at the times God has taken such good care of us through our troubles, with our health, our families, our finances, our jobs, and so forth. But when we look back, stop and remember, we can see how God has worked in our lives, humbled us at times, but drew our attention back to Him. And as we think of the cross of Christ, the empty tomb, we know that God loves us and has forgiven all of our past sins and failures. We can say with St. Paul, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Our text from Deuteronomy reminds us not only to look back at where we've been, but also secondly, to look around and remember where you are. Where you are today in your life. The people of Israel were reminded, you are now so close to the promised land, right on the border, the verge of entering. You could not have made it here by yourselves. You're here because God has taken such good care of you. And he continues to feed you, clothe you, and protect you. Standing there at the border of the land God promised to give them, they were grateful to be where they were, alive and together. And remembering, they gave thanks to the Lord. Today, we live in a, grand, in a land of great beauty and opportunities, where anyone with good sense and a desire to work can make a decent living. 
Our lives are filled with technological tools that a time traveler from a hundred years ago might consider magic. We have the best medical care ever imagined. And we're still the land of the free, enjoying liberties that many people in other nations envy. Many are trying to break in just to enjoy some of these liberties. Through this scripture in Deuteronomy, God is asking if we have stopped to think about where we are today. What if you'd come to church today to worship and found the doors locked and boarded up and again next Sunday? What if our Bibles and religious books had all been taken away from us and burned? Many people have faced that in other times and in other places. What a privilege it is to come and hear the message of God's love for us in Christ, to come before the altar and enjoy communion with the living God. What a joy to hear the assurance of God's love and grace in Christ announced to us regularly. We remember that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And look around you today at all the people God has gathered here to worship with you. People that are always ready to reach out and help you and care for you when you're in need as brothers and sisters in Christ. And that is what we are, a church family knit together by faith in Christ and the spirit of the living God. Remembering that will fill us with gratitude. Look also at your personal life, your home, your family, your friends. Look at all the good that surrounds you, food, clothing, all kinds of material things. And realize that none of the things we have would be possible without a God who cares for us and provides for us. Some people see no reason to thank God for their food and other things, since it's all produced by human hands anyway. I like the story of the preacher who complimented a farmer by saying to him, You and the Lord sure produced a fine crop in that field. Yes, the farmer replied, but you should have seen that field when the Lord had it all to himself. It was nothing but a weed patch until I came along. But skeptics forget that the, what the field would be like if the farmer did have it all to himself. All his hard work would be useless if the Lord did not provide sunshine and rain. Not even weeds would grow without the Lord. Our national Thanksgiving holiday has been set aside for us to remember and give thanks to God for all the blessings he's given us. Among those, as Luther said in his explanation of the creed, are clothing and shoes, Food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all that I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all danger and guards and protects me against all evil. And God provides all kinds of good things for us by means of other people. The Lord provides food by the hands of farmers, bakers, truck drivers, grocers, cooks, and others. It is God in this way giving us our daily bread. Although he could do it, he could give it to us directly and miraculously as he provided manna for the Israelites on their way to the promised land. And as Jesus did at Galilee when he was teaching and healing and feeding the people gathered before him, God normally works through people in various vocations to serve us and care for us. God guards us and protects us through human institutions of government, so that we enjoy peace and security in our daily lives. 
This includes our leaders from the president on down, quirky as they may be. It also includes judges, police officers, and soldiers. On Veterans Day, we remember and give thanks for those who serve in the armed forces to preserve the peace and freedoms we enjoy. Many in our church have served in this way. And it's good to recognize and express our thanks. We also pray that God would protect those currently serving, especially in dangerous places. Now, if you have mentally or literally made a list today of things for which to be thankful, here are just a few more for you to add. Trials, struggles, and adversities. I know it may sound strange to be thankful for the things that cause us grief and pain, but often those situations bring lasting strength and increased trust in the Lord's ability to care for us. Adversity often helps us realize the magnitude of our blessings. And even pain can point us to God. We who trust in the Lord Jesus know that he understands our challenges and heartaches. We know that unexpected blessings come as a result. We know that the greatest blessing is yet to come. An eternity of good things for which to be thankful in heaven because of our Lord Jesus Christ who gave his all for us. In our Deuteronomy text, God is calling his people to stop and think and to remember how much they depend on him. How foolish it would be to forget that and to take the credit for their success. How foolish it would be for people today to do the same. And the third point we make is look ahead and remember where you are going. Verses 7 through 10 of our text describe the promised land the Israelites were just about to enter. It says, the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, fountains and springs, flowing in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. That sounds like paradise. That's all they had dreamed of. As Christians, we also know where we are going our Lord Jesus Christ has made this sure for us by his perfect life, sacrificial death, and resurrection. He lived, died, and rose again for us so that we can look forward to, to an everlasting life in a place far better than anything here on earth. He has opened for us the way to heaven, where never again will they hunger or thirst. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. The scriptures today remind us that God has taken good care of us in the past. He continues to provide for us in our needs in the present. And he will certainly fulfill all his promises in the future. St. Paul put it like this. Be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our lives are filled with God's grace. Remembering this turns our lives into thanksgiving. Today we say with God's people of all times and places, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. And as Paul says to the Philippians, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.